Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. We know blue blood in this episode. We are just getting started. Welcome back to the podcast. Trav, uh, welcome back to the show that's in your home right now. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, everyone. You're here. Oh, hi. I see a couple paintings back there. Yeah, just a few. Yeah, yeah. I have to start by saying this place is absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, you're the best. You, you created something that, like, I only wish existed. Oh, my gosh. You know what I just realized? I wonder if the music... I just thought that. ...is going to be annoying. Go, hey, let's, let's shut it off, but let's keep going. Okay. So today on on Unscripted, I wanted to come and visit Travis at his space because I know that he's curated something here that's super special and magical. And this touches on the point that I always share around environment being, like, the key thing to helping you stay in momentum to get you where you want. So we talked a little bit when I first came in. I don't know if you remember. I just said that, actually. That's good. Thank you. We talked about working in bigger spaces and working in other places. And you said, I never really did well in bigger salons. Can you kind of like explain what that means for you? Because I feel like a lot of people think they need to be in certain places because X, Y, Z. But they don't often realize that maybe that's holding them back. Maybe it's not allowing for them to grow into who they're really meant to be. Like, let's touch on that for a second. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's a random first question. I had no idea you were going there earlier when we were talking about space. You prepped nothing. Just <laughs> nothing. Um, no, I think that what's important at the age of 52 is me sort of analyzing the different stages of my career. And there were definitely stages where I think I was complimented in environments where there were more people and and that, yeah, I was sort of learning from this person and learning from that person and learning from this person. And, and that was great. But then it also comes with pros and cons. And, and the con for me with that was that there was a lot of chatter and there was a lot of noise. And, and I realized throughout the years that when there's a lot of chatter and there's a lot of noise, I have a hard time focusing. And so for me to be more intentional with whatever I'm doing, I find that smaller environments and less chatter kind of complement my nature. And I have anxiousness as well. So that complements that too. At smaller environments, I feel just more calm, like Joe and I with you. I'm good right now. Right. And yeah, bigger places kind of give me a little bit of like, it's a little bit, it's energy, right? Sure. Contextual environments are energy. And, and you know, you build it to a place or you build, say your home, you would build that nest to a place that really soothes you so that you can go home, you can feel chill, you can relax, you can amp out if you want to. But it's your safe place where you are just all in. And building different salons, I started to find that that became my reality with spaces as well. And the less I had to distract me, the more I could focus on what I loved that I was doing here. And uh, yeah, so small spaces, I think, are my jam because I can do my thing and I just am happier there. Yeah, I feel that to my core. It's interesting because I started out at a really big salon. Robert Crummings was like my home base when I started trading. Yeah. And at the time we had, I think there were over... 30 stylists that work there. I was one of like 15 assistants. So it's kind of what I knew. Um, and I think I thought that that was supposed Wait, to say one of 50? 15. Oh, 15. Okay. But still, 15 assistants is like a lot. I was scrubbing toilets. What, yeah, I, mean, I was doing some grunt ass shit at the beginning of that journey, thinking, where am I? How did I get here? And is this really what I have to go through in order to like become one of them? 
Yeah. But I think in that, this is how my book came to be, Come As You Are, which is the art of unbecoming who they told you to be. I think in that environment, I was told who to be, what color to paint my nails, because they had a culture that they were trying to develop. And now looking back, I can completely respect and understand where they were going right. with why we wore all black and how we kind of were meant to show up. Everybody gave the same client experience and so on and so forth. But I think after a few years and then moving into a smaller space to open a brand new salon with my mentor, I too quickly realized like that chatter and that noise is very distracting. And I think COVID reminded a lot of people of that. And that's why you see so many people going into smaller suites and going into their own private spaces because they too realize that they can focus more and give a better client experience by having that more intimate space. I think that it all makes sense. I think it, 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 I've never really thought about it exactly like this, but it makes me think of the same when the dust settles. You know, COVID was an example of the dust settling, right? The whole world stopped. And when everything kind of trickled down the ground, you had clarity, you had an ability to sort of see your life in front of you. And at that point, a lot of us were like, oh shit, I don't really like what I see. And I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to make a change. You know, I, I play that into my salons and my environments. Are you working as a 15th assistant? Um, you know, whatever. Right. And, and I, you know, when I had my base salon, we had 25 on staff and 15 assistants, but I had assistants for 24 years of my career. And yeah, all of it, I think it was, there were so many people in the room and this will sort of play into the, the uh, statement. There were so many people in the room, the feet were creating the dust and I didn't really have clarity upon what it was that I was passionate about. And again, when all of that shifted and it was like, you know what, this is not my jam anymore. This was a chapter in my life. This is exactly where I was supposed to be at that point in time, but that's not where I'm at now. And I think once I sort of like turned the fan on and blew all those shit out of the room, I was like, okay, this is my jam. This is where I can be my best me. And this is where I can find results that are, yeah, fun along the way. And look at where your path has taken you because you've had a space you said for what, 10 years or so? Yeah, it's like 13 now. 13 years. 13 years of your how many year career? 35. Wow. Wow, almost <laughs> half, almost half, a third. I'm not a math, but I'm better. But I think in in that process, there's got to be so many lessons and stories that we can share with the listeners because I have a huge community that listens to this podcast that has been in the beauty industry or is some sort of service provider. And if you don't fall in that category, you may resonate with the other category that I think both of us fall in, which was accidental entrepreneurship. I think a lot of us went to beauty school. It, I made it up. Um, yeah, I, I'm coining you. Yes, I, I created from one of my mentors, and it's what sold me on jumping into the business mastermind that I did early in 2019. But I feel like it pertains to so many people in our industry, right? And a lot of friends that are maybe tattoo artists or massage therapists, like they wanted to do something creative and and give a good client experience and, and be able to create their own schedule and hours without maybe realizing they were fully stepping into entrepreneurship. Yes. None of those businesses come with a blueprint on how to start your business, be successful, sustain it, do all the back end shit. Like we were just talking about at lunch around, you know, I could learn accounting, but I don't want to do it. You know, we we shop things out that make sense. But in the beginning, you do everything in your business. And a lot of us start in a salon space where we are an employee. And sometimes there's opportunity to move into a commission or a booth rent or maybe ownership is a, a, available to you. But there, again, is no blueprint on how to make that happen and what to do with it, how to sustain it, how to like grow all of it. So watching what you've grown over the last couple of years with all that you've done, like all of your prior experience, let's share some lessons right now that maybe come to top of mind when you think about what you've created and how you've had to step into your CEO role as an entrepreneur. 
I mean, I love, I love the accidental entrepreneur. Um, I, I think there was a, there's so much meaning in it to me, to be honest. Um, but there was a lot of intention in being an entrepreneur as well. Like I, I quickly learned that I liked my own stuff mm -hmm. and I had my vibe. I, I had an aesthetic that I was drawn to. Um, and so I was, it was very clear that I sort of couldn't find it. So I had to create it. And, and so that wasn't necessarily accidental. That was just sort of aware, being aware of like trying to find a brand that I was like, that's my jam and, or that's my salon and that their aesthetic is like game on where I was living at the time. I, I just didn't really find it. And so it was a matter of, okay, could I, could I, could I build it? And I am a crazy busybody, And so <laughs> staying busy is my jam as we were talking about on a walk as well. Um, I'm happy being busy. Certainly, I'm happy being busy with things that I love. Sure. And there's things that I don't love that come with the things that I love, which are the responsibilities I think we're talking about with business. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the deal. So there's pros and cons to everything. And, you know, my choice of being an entrepreneur was that I was willing to deal with the things that I didn't like because the thing that I got to do that I did like were so amazing that... Yeah, everything's got bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like it's, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to build my dream. Mm. I get to follow my path and enjoy it along the way. And because I like being busy, I have fun every day. Like I'm not bummed in the process, which actually leads me to a point. So many of us, and I'll say this, and I don't, I don't know if we've said it on the show before, but so many of us, we fixate on goals and we fixate on dates and all those things. These are things that we make up in our minds. We, we have to be patient with ourselves and have grace in this manner because the right thing will happen at the right time when you're mature enough to handle that process. In the interim, you're in a stage where you're developing and learning, which is why it sucks and feels uncomfortable sometimes. And you're like, it's never going to happen. But what happens with grit and tenacity is you persevere and eventually you reach your goal. And in the interim, it's just going to happen when it's supposed to happen. And if you're not doing what you love to do, your journey sucks. It's boring. It's shitty. It's annoying. You're around horrible people. Like you're not in environments that compliment you. You're not in anything that allows you to be your best self. And so I think that that in all of it is kind of where this is going. Maybe I love this segment into what we're talking about because you really just summed up what you've learned, I guess, as this entrepreneurship journey has come, because I'm sure there were times where it did suck so much you wanted to quit. Uh, all the time. Yeah, okay. I still do. And this is this is just for you listening that is maybe at a season. <laughs> not that I'm going to quit. Right, Nate, same. Like, I'm not going to quit either, but there are definite days and multiple times throughout any given day where I think, what is it all for? What am I actually doing? And that's why it is so important for me to be able to help people find clarity yeah. with their vision, even if it's a short-term vision, yeah. to help you unlock the bigger vision that might show up down the road. Right. Because how many times have you made a decision to do something that then opened an, op an opportunity that you had no fucking idea that was going to come of that. And that's the that's that's the accidental entrepreneurial right there shit entrepreneurship. That that's what that part is for me because everything I start ends up in a totally different place. Yeah. And if I wasn't malleable along the way, allowing it to sort of move in the way that it was supposed to, you know, gosh knows where I'd be. But yeah, I think that that's the accidental part is that you have to allow you don't have all the answers. You have to allow light to help straighten you up, blow you in the right direction. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. I think sometimes I'm too emotional to make the right choices. Sometimes life has to make it for me. And then I'm like, oh shit. Okay. That's life pushing me over here. Cause I wasn't strong enough to do it. So that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. That wasn't part of the plan. 
because I'm in the middle of my journey, right? So that wasn't part of the plan. I was fucking going that direction. But but life came and kicked me right in the nuts. <laughs> it's like, no tap, you're going this way or you need to hit rock bottom for a minute yeah. and reset and then think about things. Like that was your goal in the beginning, but is that where you're at right now? Maybe not. Can you give a real-time example of something that's top of mind that, that may have happened at a certain point? You like how my pitch just went way up and I was like, that's like I feel a little dumb. I, I think I was like, like envisioning the things for me that that has been true for because it's so true. Like the, the path is the path, right? And I do think, you know, so many of us right now in this season, in this time of life, like we we don't want things to not make sense. Yeah. When things don't make sense, it it confuses us. That's where overwhelm comes from, stress, anxiety, burnout, like when we're confused, we're not clear. And when we're not clear, like all of those symptoms pop up. And sure, really the baseline is fear. Yeah, Fear is the common denominator in all of that. And it's like the fear that you have to hit rock bottom, the fear that things won't work out the way you wanted. So why would you even try? Right. How many times have you tried something and it didn't work out the way you wanted and you thought, oh, fuck. And then it ended up being better than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. I mean, a million examples. I have a million examples. My life is an example of that. Yeah. Mine too, I would say. Now that you're Putting it that way, that's a great way to say that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything's turned out exactly how I thought. I guess I thought I'd be a hairdresser and I'm still a hairdresser. I, mm-hmm. At some point, I thought, well, I didn't think I was going to be a teacher. Everybody made me become a teacher. And then I was like, okay, I better fucking enjoy it and be good at it because I'm not going to do anything if I suck. Uh, <laughs> but did you suck? I know I wanted it. Yeah, I totally sucked. I hated getting in front of people. I was a total, like, anxious like nerd like i hated this stuff like i'd want to get in front of a camera and talk to people and, and now we're in I this studio where he teaches all the time like this and it's, it's <laughs> you don't get the butterflies and you don't feel like you're gonna shit your pants or sweat through your clothes anymore right it's just like what do you do sometimes i do oh that's good that's good i love that honesty i mean shit to my pants maybe not so much anymore uh, <laughs> and, and i never have i never shat through my pants i've shat into them not even not through it though and that's a big explosion back there yes <laughs> But edit, Ryan. No, don't cut. Don't I fly showing on edit out any of the juicy stuff. On that oh, God. That's so nasty. I have a mentor that she tells me the story of on stage. Her and her husband were giving this talk and they knew there was this 10 minute video that played in between their segment. And she's like, I can't go on stage, but I know I get this 10 minute break to run off stage before I literally shit my pants. I just listened to the podcast. Chris and Lori Harder, like. I love how unapologetic she is. I'm grateful that it's ever happened to me. But, you know, there are moments in life where you do feel like you're going to shit the bed or shit your pants. And you just have to hold on and get through that rough patch of feeling scared or feeling intimidated or not really knowing what the outcome of our action that we're taking today is going to get us. And I think, unfortunately, many of us stop ourselves because we need to know, like that control freak in all of us, right? It's it's certainty. Yeah, for sure. I think it, I mean... the thing that I think I think hits me in general is is if I if I really think about emotions in general, I think about how illogical I am when I'm emotional. Even when I'm emotionally happy, I can do some crazy shit when I'm super happy, right? And if I'm really pissed, I'm emotionally thinking, I can get mad, I can say things I don't want to say. So when I'm in an emotional state, I'm not really making the smartest choices. So in general, when it comes to me setting myself up for success, the less emotional I am, more likely I am to succeed. So part of my beginning with public speaking was that I never felt I was smart enough to get in front of people. I was the not the smartest person in class and I was the dumbest, but I felt the dumbest. Um, and yeah, like who was I to get up in front of people and talk and teach them things? Like I, I, I just, the teacher's supposed to have all the answers. Who am I? Right. Right. 
So yeah, that was all in my head. That was make-believe. That was something that I had sort of tacked in my brain. And when I looked in the mirror, I was like, okay, that's what I see. Like the kid that's not smart enough, that's not supposed to get in front of people. This is an emotional connection. So life kept coming to me and it was like, Travis, like, I want you to do this. Travis, I want you to teach this. Travis, I want you to work for me. Travis, I want you to do that. And like, ah, I would rather feel my skin off my body. Like that is fucking horrible and stop fucking with me life like everyone go f off yeah and uh <laughs> like leave me alone like i just want to cut here like that's what i that's what i signed up for but that's not what life had been store for me that wasn't my purpose and and i was too in my own head to really understand that and and you know, sometimes we just have to take that leap in and uh it's cliche to say but sometimes it takes others you have to listen to others because sometimes others, they don't have the emotional connection that you have to whatever's holding you back. They see your possibility. They see your potential, right? I'm like, yo, Jess, like I could see you on stage doing this, this, and this. And you're like, I could never. I'm like, yeah, you're fucking good. I could tell you are the person that could do that. But between you and there is in here, right? It's not anything else. The physical, you know, of getting there is the same for everybody. But, you know, everything in between that moment is mental. And so, yeah, I think emotions play into all this stuff. And if we can master our emotions, we can start to find, I think, predictability and everything. Yeah, not that that has an answer. I don't have an answer. It's my life goal, I think, to always try to manage myself in every stage. And every stage is a temporary stage. Is None of them are ultimately planned out we're shooting for those goals and objectives but life moves us and as long as we listen to it report to it and use past as experiences to make smarter choices um yeah i think it, we end up in exactly where the place we end up in the place that we're supposed to be maybe not where we wanted to be but where we're supposed to be oh my gosh so good can you see why he's back on the show y'all okay listen when you find people who can connect the dots for you sometimes because you know, this segues into a perfect opportunity for me to ask you about what you're saying with the emotional responsibility, the emotional awareness that you have in those different states. And I created, you know, a lot of conversation early in my career as far as coaching and podcasting around making um, emotionally stable decisions. And that's how we build out our non-negotiables and boundaries, because I feel like a lot of people want to create boundaries from a place of that certainty we were talking about. So whether we want to know that people know our expectations or what we're, we are, aren't okay with, sometimes boundaries come from, I'm not going to let you treat me like that anymore. Like you're pissed off, right? So you're like an emotionally driven state versus really getting grounded, checking in with yourself, waiting till your nervous system's regulated, and then deciding. <laughs> Which may take a minute. Wait, so you could take a lot of minutes, whether it needs to be breathwork. Chapters. Chapters. It could be anything. <laughs> but we have modalities and tools now that are more like, a, we're more aware of now, sound healing, yoga, like the things that we know can help us get back into that state of true awareness to what we need, not what we think people need from us. And so when we can create our own set of boundaries and non Because that's make-believe too, right? Right. Yeah. And to know that those boundaries and non-negotiables are for you, not for them, right? People do want direction around how you expect them to show up in your life. I think we think people don't want us to tell them what to do. But again, at the end of the day, like your partner or spouse will just use that as an example. They can't read your mind. If they need a little bit more support from you, like, and they don't think that you need it, maybe you're tough and strong and seem like you got your shit together. But really, at the end of the day, you want someone to check in and yeah. ask you how you're doing, but they never do that because they see you as a strong, independent person, they're not going to know to do that. So that's where like boundaries can be supportive in growing relationships 
And in partnerships, the same with your clients. Clients need to know your boundaries and your expectations. Clients need to know your non-negotiables. It's all part of the base of the foundation of building your best life because it's up to you to decide what that is for you. And you only learn that through experience. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It, it reminds me of moments ago back in my life, and, and I'm going to relate this to business. I remember when I first opened the first salon um, that I owned, I didn't know what I was doing like. 99 percentages. Yeah. Um, well, maybe there's a greater percentage. <laughs> I, I hope there is, actually. I was a shithead. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Thought I did, but I did. I knew a lot about hair. Uh, that was one part of it, of the other 99 things to know. But one of the things that I didn't know in the beginning was really what, what our company was about that people were signing up for when they worked for us. And what I'm talking about is, you know, when it related to my kid, like, what are the rules in our house? Well, the rules are we don't, you know, jump on top of the couch. We don't do this. We don't do that. That's not, that's not the Parker way. That's not what we do. Right. Well, what's that in my business and in business, we call policies and procedures. And, Mm -hmm. and when somebody told me like, oh, well, you need policies and procedures in your business. And I was like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) It's like, we're like, what? Our language. Does it come with your scissors when you buy scissors? Is it a gift with purchase when you buy that DVD or that on demand video? Yeah. No. Nope, I don't know what it is. I'm not really sure. And so what happened was people were working, starting to work for me, thinking that they were reporting to this, this, and this. And it was like, oh, contraire. That's not what you're reporting to. What you're reporting to is this, this, and this. And then they're like, trap, you never said that. And I was like, oh, I didn't. But isn't that common sense? And they're like, to you, not to me. And so like everything, I had to realize, first of all, what it was that my business stood for so that when I wrote out my policies and procedures and people were going to come work for me, there was clarity and communication on the front end. So everybody knew what they were signing up for. It allowed us to actually be that much more productive, proactive and make that much more money, but it works in every single way. It works with your personal life. Like I was saying, like with my family and you know, all that stuff, we have rules that are, all I got to do is look at my kid with a certain set of eyes and he fucking knows exactly what's going on. Exactly. Right. And I'm not a mean dad, but we have clarity and communication. We have uh, accountability, which has to come with all of this stuff too, because we do make mistakes. We're imperfect. So even once you make these plans, things happen, life derails you. We have to shift. We got to roll with that too, just like our goals. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, full circle with it and ourselves, we have to be the same way. We have to understand what we're signing up for. Like when it comes to whether you're going to be an entrepreneur or you're going to work for somebody else, you're going to work in a big space, you're going to work in a small space, what complements your nature? Like, where are you happiest? Right. When you're in your room by yourself, like, is that your happy spot? Then you probably want to have a set up at Salon Republic or just something right. like that. Like, that's your jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Find it. And every moment's temporary anyways. So you're just going to be there for a certain chapter and then it's going to lead to something else. Some fucking client's going to walk in and be like, Yo, I just invested in an oil company and we need a person that's got a personality and interpersonal skills just like you to work for us. And we're going to pay you 1.5 million. You're like, I quit hairdressing and now I work for an oil company. Like you just don't know, right? But yeah, understanding what sets you up for reporting to it on a consistent level on a way that is predictable so people understand who you are, how you're showing up, what they're interacting with, whether it's a client, it's a boy, whatever the hell, doesn't make a difference your kids your parents, um, it doesn't make a difference. But if that's on the front end, uh, 
yeah, you have a, a better likeliness of finding happiness in your life. So full circle, emotions will jeopardize you. But if you want sustainability and happiness, you got to make logical choices that are not emotional to allow happiness to be sustainable. I love that. Perfect bow on that. And I think, what about for those people who are listening that maybe don't have those people that they need to set those boundaries and non-negotiables with? Would you say that creating your own set of expectations for yourself, like sometimes we let ourselves off the hook and don't hold ourselves to the standards that sometimes we hold other people to. How many times in a relationship have you said, well, you don't do this and you don't do that and you, 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 but really the finger should be going the other way, pointing back at you saying you either allowed this or you were okay with it or you didn't set a boundary, but how are you showing up? Yeah. How are you showing up to attract whatever energy is coming into your world? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think you have to practice what you preach. It's, yeah. it's the easy saying. It's the hard to do, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I say I'm sorry to my child all the time. Me too. I admit my imperfect all the time. When I, you know, get too upset about something, I'm too emotional about something. Is it really him that tipped me over? Is it him that turned the, you know, the teapot too hot? I already turned the stove on. Like he just sort of tipped it over at that point. Like it's, you know, I have to be accountable to my actions and he has to see that I'm accountable to it. I have to live it through the examples of real life, not just moments, you know, where it's a mantra or it's a hashtag or it's a fucking t-shirt I'm wearing or I'm printed on my beanie. Be nice to people around you so they're nice to you too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's that's fucking the duck. <laughs> Like, fucking dumb. That's well done. Well, to our new company, it's called fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the shirt's just going to say, yeah, fucking fuck dumb. Oh, my God. Can we, we need one more company, don't we? This is so brilliant. It's okay, though. This is how the magic happens. Event. This is how the magic happens. We couldn't have it. No, no. And you couldn't. You couldn't have up. This is what I'm talking about. Three magic moments in your life by showing up for yourself. So my, one of some of my sets of non-negotiable and expectations for myself are to put myself out there in a way that feels slightly or very uncomfortable, somewhere on that scale. Yeah. And so for me, that looks like asking someone like, Trav, hey, I know you have this setup. How would you feel if we got together? Would you mind mentoring me in maybe growing something that you're doing? Like you sat with me on the phone the other day for an hour. Do you remember we talked for almost an hour, graciously giving me your time, helping me walk through this phase of my life. And I went to someone who I see doing the things that I want to be doing. I went to someone who is walking the walk. I didn't go to my mom. I didn't go to someone who's not in the industry. I didn't go to someone who's maybe already given up on their dream a little bit, who doesn't have really big ideas. I went to someone who's in real time navigating how they want to show up in the world, what kind of work they want to put out, how they want to you know, grow and scale their business. And we had such a powerful conversation where I was like, I think I bored myself to death buying the chair, doing the same thing day in and day out. And I wasn't around people who saw that greatness in me and were like, why aren't you teaching? How come you're not on stage? Yeah. Why are you hiding? You know, if you maybe tried this, maybe you wouldn't feel like you didn't want to be here anymore. Or maybe you wouldn't feel like you couldn't do both. Yeah. Right. Because I got to that phase just a couple months ago where I was like, I have to give up one so that I could pursue the other one fully. Like I had convinced myself that was the path I should choose. And honestly, your conversation really shifted my perspective around the fact that we we can wear different hats. We can have different identities where we can still 
love something that's a huge part of us. You know, I'm 22 years, 35 years. Like, it's what raised me. It's like what I know. It's like feel this deep connection to still connect with clients on that level. But then also I want to connect on the masses with this podcast in your ear right now as you're going for a walk or you're driving your kids to school or home or wherever we share this time. Um, I think I made it an excuse that if I didn't let something be like an end-all be-all, then I wouldn't put my back against the wall. Right. But I actually think we don't all work well under pressure like that. Yeah. Some, yeah, that's a, like, that's a good con- That's a good session and conversation. Some people would say that you have to like burn the boats and that you have to like put your money where your mouth is or else you won't do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, okay, well, I tested it for a couple of months and I don't, I do think I was highly productive during that time. So I was very clear on why I needed that space and time. I feel like I could allow myself to have a large break. But now in hindsight, even in that quick, short two months, mind you, this podcast has been going for almost three years. Like I learned that. So insane. I did. Thank you. I learned that that connection piece with my clients is what gives me the context to do this. Yeah. But I wouldn't have seen that. I couldn't have connected the dots looking back. If I had to remove myself from that situation and kind of gotten above it, I was still so in it. I couldn't see how it was adding value to what I was actually currently doing. That makes sense. I mean, it became your story, right? That's how you, the, the examples that you can use when you're sharing with others is the stories that have happened on a chair. So it's given you that content that has allowed you to get to this place. And gosh knows what's going to be next. I know. I mean, that's what you were just telling me a minute ago before we started the show. I know. It's Jeez. so exciting. So <laughs> let's share with the listeners because I know there is a lot of entrepreneurs. There is a lot of independent contractors who are doing their thing, who are trying. Yeah. Burn the bridges. Sorry. Yeah. Do you like those? Yeah. Yeah. I've stolen them all from all my mentors. Yeah. In great conversation and talks that I've heard because those are the things that have resonated. But sometimes we're said something in a context that isn't where we're at currently in a season. And so we try to make it make sense. And anything you ever listen to or learn or read or a part of, like be discerning. Like sometimes you got to put that in your back pocket for a later date. It's not always time to implement that thing or take that action or or even that piece of advice. So I think as I've learned and grown and taking wrong advice and gone ways I thought I should because someone else said I should or I saw someone else doing it. So I said, well, they look happy and successful. Maybe I should go that way. Which is the problem with Instagram and TikTok. It is. We <laughs> Don't f- just do what you see. We sometimes end up wanting other people's dreams. Call us first. Is that the right way to wait? What was nope. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Duh. Fucking do duh. Um, do that. So. <laughs> pull the ripcord. Pull the ripcord. You were done. A little parachute. <laughs> a little sugar <laughs> and parachute. So what are some ways that you've been able to not just be behind the chair? I know you've been teaching and on stage and working for companies for a really long time, but when did you decide to go all in on you as the brand and as the person who could start to diversify the way they not only showed up, but made money and, you know, really grew? It's a good question. Um, (laughs) When did I decide? I think I was always, I think the accidental entrepreneur just keeps coming back to mind now that you planted to the scene. Because you were building a personal brand before you even realized you were building a personal brand. Kind of. Right? Like, wouldn't you say kind of? Yeah. I mean, kind of everything was preparing me for the moment, right? right. And and uh, yeah, like I was working for L'Oreal for, I've worked for those guys for 17 years now. Horrible 17 wow. hour there. And so, you know, in developing content for them, if I always thought like, oh, it'd be super rad to have my own thing, right? And as hairdressers, we start to dream like that. When we get busy behind the gender, we're like, oh, we want to open our own salon. And we're like, oh, that was harder than we thought. <laughs> and we're like, fuck, I'm going to go work for somebody else again. Mm-hmm. Or you become rad and you're totally successful and you're who you are. And you're listening to this right now going, yeah, I wanted it. 
Um, but it was the same thing with teaching. Like, like I was saying earlier, it sort of led me, it sort of came to me. Like I didn't ask for it at all. I would have never, ever signed up to be a teacher over my dead body. And then again, as the years went by, I started realizing that, okay, it wasn't about me being smarter than anybody. It was about me sharing my experiences behind my success and my failure upon whatever we were supposed to be talking about. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I can tell you what it did. Like, I don't know if I'm a storyteller, but I, I can repeat what happened. And so I realized at that point, again, I didn't have to be the smartest guy. I was just upon something that we were all there to do or to learn about. I was just like, hey, here's one more way to maybe try it. And this helped me and da 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 da. So as that led to L'Oreal and building more with them, it led me to a point where I started building you know, content on a global level. And, and so we started to see the impact of things that you know, as a team and myself individually, I started seeing the impact of the stuff I was creating for a brand that was pushing it at that level of marketing and had that level of distribution. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> like I got something that I could offer people. Like as much as I think I have a pea brain, like apparently my experiences are valuable for people. And I don't know, regardless, it's sort of lame if I'm hoarding it at this point. And so how can I convey a message in a way that helps people grow? At the same time, I've always been into technology and I'm a nerd and, and I always wanted to do augmented reality, interfacing that into our world as I still do. And we have been dabbling with it. Um, and, uh, we're still not done because it's crazy expensive. Um, <laughs> we're not that rich yet. And, uh, but needless to say, there was always a passion in me that wanted to evolve the way that we learned hairdressing and taught hairdressing. And, and I always saw the interface of technology being our, our roadmap. And this is back in the nineties. Um, so a minute ago, uh, before the iPad was invented, I have all these renderings on my computer that I used to make like for when the iPad would be invented centuries ago. Yeah. I, it's funny. It'll be in the book at some point. Um, but needless to say. Yeah, it became very clear that I was supposed to do things. And as I started to understand, um, you know, I liked technology and I liked, you know, sharing with hairdressers and helping them grow, that I could potentially put it into something. And when I started to think about what that was, because every single one of you gets to that point where you're like, yeah, I want to do it. And then somebody's like, okay, what do you want to do? And you're like, it? Like, I want to do it. And they're like, well, what? And you're like, I don't, I don't know. I want to be successful with that. Mm -hmm. And you don't really know what that means. And I didn't know what it meant. I was like, okay, yeah, I want to have my own company and it's the era of independent educators. I'm like, that's going to support me. But what does that mean? Like, what's the infrastructure that makes that a viable business? Like, I didn't have that business model planned. And L'Oreal wasn't like, hey, Trav, here you go. This is how you do it. Like, they give fuck, right? So they're doing their $50 billion stuff. And I'm just another, you know, chain, kink in the chain or cog in the wheel, I should say. So... As I started to think about that, I was like, okay, well, I'm only getting older and, and uh, that's a compliment to the, the wisdom of how to actually construct haircuts. Maybe not on what's the trendiest thing on the planet because I'm not 22 hanging out at bars with my friends that are all cool. Like I'm just, I'm able to buy, I'm happy they are, but I'm not, I'm hanging out with my kid and hanging out with you and my friends and I'm just in a different arena. So, you know, trying to sell a 22 year old kid that's cool telling him what's cool. He's going to be like, grandpa beat it. And so again, I was like, okay, well, I could teach cool kids how to build their cool styles. And if I could teach them the architecture of their work, they have predictability in their work and they can be the greatest artists they want to be. And so that's when I started writing the methodology 
And um, I always wanted it to be recorded. I was doing it in person to um, debunk it. So was it shit? Was it good? Um, did it all make sense, you know, from top to bottom? And it's a Bible at this point. It's a lot of stuff. And so, you know, was it good enough for us to film, shoot, build into on-demand or self-paced content or live webinars and or live online engaged meetings? And and um, we finally got it to a point where we're like, yeah, it's good enough. And then we spent a shit ton of money on a bunch of stuff that went to the trash and uh, my whole savings for the house that I was supposed to buy, if it kind of, I bought experiences instead, which I didn't ask for. Um <laughs> but I, I I did buy them, and so there was no returns. <laughs> so, no returns or exchanges. No, and there's nothing tangible for it either. So I don't even have anything to. Sh- it's like when your electrical goes out in your house and the walls, and you're like, "Hey, we have the electrical." Oh, it's, it's in there. what's it look like? All and they're like, "Building is up here." <laughs> yeah, y'all got it. I, yeah, I, the neural their neural passageways are all aired out. You probably have a playbook that could become tangible, and what you learned during that time. It was instrumental. I mean, it was instrumental, and it, it's it it again. You just. This is this is what we were talking about when we were walking to lunch. It, it's it's not do you have a great idea? It's it's not even are you strong enough to actually start it, but are you capable of sustaining it? And I think that's where we all really start to file into questioning ourselves and the the belief in in ourselves and the belief in the project. And there are a million moments where you're like, "Fuck, man! Like I I know I believe in it, but does the rest of the world and and am I going to spend five years, 10 years of my life trying to share with the world what I've got that I really do believe is going to help them? And the answer is, yeah, I do. And and at the end of the day, when I'm broke and I'm sweating and, and I'm like, fuck, oh, this is so hard. I'm like, but I have a purpose. I have something that will help thousands of people find peace in their life and you know less stress behind the chair and will allow them to be their great, I just have ones, will allow them to be their greatest artist. Like, I'm not fucking kidding. Like, that's like, for me, like, that's worth more than a mansion. And not that I wouldn't want a mansion. I, I would, I would like. He's on his way. To actually, the- I, I, I want a small mansion. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, Cal- in California, you never where we live. It will be small. Yeah, that $10 million house is actually only 700 square feet. <laughs> We're actually in it right now. <laughs> We're in it right now. Yeah. 10.5 million for this joint. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> doubt about it. Like, that's so beautiful. So. Will you, but that was a long answer. No, but it was such a good, deep, like, I'm glad you took us on the journey of that answer, in that answer, because sometimes we think that, you know, yeah, but that happened to them. It wasn't that bad. Or like, we want to diminish sometimes people's process into how they got there. But the fact that you can still give yourself chills around your messaging, like, clearly you've worked out storytelling. Huh? The way you just shared that, like, with conviction, like, you've told the story. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's solidified and rooted in why you're still doing what you're doing. Like I got, I got that. I'm sure the listeners got that, whether they get to catch this video live or um, when they're listening to it. I want you guys to go back and listen to how he talked about what it is he's currently doing. I mean, sharing failures at that level, lessons you learned. Um, many, many great successful people have a six-figure story loss. And you might think, I don't even have $600 to lose at this point. Like, I can't imagine if that was to happen to me, but that's the part where I feel like that's a put your back against the wall moment. In that moment, you could have thrown the towel in. You could have said, fuck all this. This didn't work out. This is a huge loss slash failure. Um, I'm not meant for this. This isn't my past. Let me find something that's easier because our, our brain wants to go to safety. It wants to 
it wants to go to the path of least resistance and the path of like whatever makes you feel good. Right. Um, and that moment had to not feel good. It, that, it was probably not just a moment. It was probably a whole ass season of your life where you were questioning everything. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably going through that at all times. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't ever been rich enough to not go through it as an entrepreneur. So maybe once you finally make enough money, you're not tripping on things or. I don't know anybody would, who would be okay with losing any large chunk of money. I don't care how wealthy you are. I think even as you get more wealthy, it stings just the same. For people that I know on any level, like no one likes to quote unquote lose. You know, that's why some people who are super wealthy are still considered stingy. They're like, why do you care about that extra five dollars? Well, because it means something. So nobody wants to lose on the interim, whether it's with money or, you know, an experience or whatever. So in that, would you call that one of your biggest quote unquote failures? Would you say that that like really had you decide like, no, I'm in it. I don't care that I had the setback. Like I'm I'm in it. I'm grounded. I know where I want to go and I'm going to keep trying. Yeah, I I think um, I th I think it's a great question. I think that a long time ago I accepted the fact that that failures cost money, and I was either paying a coach and using their experiences, or I was paying for my own experiences. And like I said, I've been you know a kid that really was charging after my own dreams and my own aesthetics forever and building my own brand. Um, yeah, so I I you know it wasn't that I was dumb to what people were offering, but I really you know, you can't ask it every, you can't ask every question to everybody about every step of your process. Sometimes you just got to fucking walk and do it yeah. and you just find out. And, um, yeah. So there's been a million moments where, you know, I've got bloody knees and I'm sitting there at the curb going, fuck, why am I such an idiot that wants these dreams and wants these goals? Like, why do I dream so fucking big? The rest of the world seems to be fine working 40 hours a week. And they seem to be fine with fucking healthcare and they seem to be fine with their whatever routines. Like, why do I have to be such a maniac that desires these aspirational dreams that are normal? And in those moments, I'm like, because you're that person. Fuck off. You're that person. Get the fuck up and do what you're supposed to do and stop being a bitch. And <laughs> that will also be on a t-shirt on the back of the shirt so that anyone walking behind the fuck me stay off the crew and stop eating a fucking minute and find you friends that laugh at your dumb joke okay yeah it's so important to me. um honestly like i think i want to put a bow on it right there with that because I know anybody listening is resonating. Going crazy right now. <laughs> I, I, it's resonating with our, our big goals and dreamer like personalities. And, you know, if you tune into this podcast, you know, becoming unscripted is you having the ability to rewrite your life and flip the script whenever it is you need to in order to shift that perspective that you always have a choice to show up in your life however you decide. Nobody can make that decision for you. Nobody can want for you what you don't currently want or what you can't, you know, want for yourself. Um, but I will say getting around people that inspire you, motivate you, drive you, push you, show you what's possible through what they're doing, everything will keep you focused and in the game for longer than you can even fathom. You know, I actually feel more excited to get back to work behind the chair in a couple of weeks. With such a quit. I did. But you're going back. This is the official announcement. <laughs> I have, I, and I, and I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. I told my clients, like, it could be six weeks. It could be six months. It could be six years. It could be till I die. And I also let the salon owner know that I'm going to work for. I said, I may want to 
build out a space like this. My dream is to have a podcast studio to record all the things. But that dream doesn't have to come at the cost of what I currently love doing and what currently inspires me and connects me to people like you. So, you know, yeah, I, I made that decision and I got a huge welcome home from the few people I text. And I just needed that little bit of outside validation oh, that they still love me, that they didn't care. Like my clients have been brought along the dreams the dreams and the dream boats for for years with me. They've seen me move through salon opening and through working, you know, in Little Italy for 10 years. Like they've seen it all. And it's like, also I get so much support, so much inspiration and motivation from them. Like how much do you like love a lot of your clients and they just inspire you to show up for them? Absolutely. Right? They're trusting you, their loyalty, the, the connections that you have. I'm like, that's irreplaceable. And it's that, that's 80% of why I'm going. Um, and I think I can get the other percentages to even out for my love for the task of hair if I educate myself more if I push myself to take classes that I think I don't need or to work on a skill set that I think I've already mastered you know I think going back that's a good one and reframing as always being able to be the student I always used to challenge myself in like product knowledge classes especially with a line I already felt like I knew I'm like okay learn two things that you didn't know or let her re-remind you of the things that you've stopped doing or talking about with that line. And so, you know, when we like that. when we were flown off to New York to learn how to like teach and talk for Bumble, I was like so centered on that one person who would be sitting in the back of the room with their arms crossed on their phone, not paying attention. And I was like, you're me. You're old me. And I'm going to make this class so amazing and so fun that you're going to get something out of it. The rest of the people were engaged. It was fine. But it was always that one person I'd pick out of the room who seemed disinterested, like they didn't want to be there. And if you find that you're showing up in your life like that, disinterested, you don't want to be there, I challenge you to look at every opportunity as a way that you could learn one thing, grow into one level bigger than what you're currently doing. So if you're in a season of boredom, if you're in a season of quit, if you're in a season of I think there's better out there, you know, I would really turn that mirror around and start to challenge like, are you doing everything in your world to create that 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 amazing excited experience for yourself because we can find passion and purpose in anything that we do right especially parenthood and all the things like one thing is not your passion one thing is not your purpose but we can get passionate about what it is that we do and like you giving yourself chills just a second ago like clearly it's still there oh. so i love that you just got to have that moment for yourself too and re-recognize like yep nope still in the right place Still want to chase the school, even though I got some things I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. But I, I love what you, I love where you're going with this in, in the fact of stabilizing the fact that, you know, here we are sharing stories about success and, and moments of, you know, hardship and stuff like that. But in the hard moments, like it's easy to say when you're not in it, right? It's totally easy to say like, oh, you know, yeah, just sort of take traffic, like just try to find one color in the rainbow and you're like, they're all fucking black. <laughs> it's fucking black it's all sucks <laughs> sometimes in that moment it's hard so all i can say is in that moment where i have felt you know alone i've felt depressed i've felt a loss of purpose i felt a loss of direction um i hear is that a sign for something that's the world of grace with our message yeah not that's perfect and we're not editing that out yeah we're not supposed to be talking about this or something out of that but um Oh gosh, now I lost my train of thought. Um, this is two people with ADHD. All we can do now is dance to this car horn. That's going to be the intro right there. <laughs> <laughs> <Scene>. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
Oh, I know what I'm saying. Some serious stuff. Yeah, what I was saying, actually. Yeah, like I, I think that you know, it's important to remember that you know, when we are in that place, it's hard to hear voices, and and you know, everybody's like, ah, oh, you lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Well, it's in that moment where you can't drink the water, right? Like you're the you know, you're the horse, <laughs> and um, you know, everybody's voice is just another sort of, it's just more chatter, it's more static, and and um, so I I think that the important thing is that everything takes time. Everything is read through grace and patience. Um, the, the faster that you can start to take accountability at all of this, of sucking, is okay. Because we have to understand that we do suck sometimes. And and that's, you know, that's just what it is. And if I can say, hey, Trav, like you blew it with this, might take an accountability. And it gives me a starting point that next time I'm working on something like that, I've got a foundation to build from now. And so that, that sucking is, I mean, you don't have to call it sucking. Um, I have the rather crass way of sort of talking to myself. You're with the right people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're in that moment where you're just not happy with your results and you're not happy with your behavior and you can't seem to make the right choices. And no matter whether you know it, what the right choices or not, you keep running against the wind and you're like, I know I'm supposed to do it and I can't, like, I just can't do it and have it in me. Like, you know, and you're in that place. Yeah. I've been in that place. This is me enacting moments of my life. Um, you, you just have to accept the fact and, and at, at the age of 52, looking back, so I'll say that too, you just have to accept the fact that certain time, certain moments, they just take time. And sometimes you're going to be in a rut for a year. Sometimes you're going to be in a rut for a week. Sometimes it's going to be a, a day. Sometimes it's going to be 10 years. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? I have a whole decade that sucks. Yeah, you might. And the reality is, is that in that time, that is, if you had 10 years to suck, think about how much development is happening in that 10 years, if you're accountable. Yeah. I mean, you, at the end of that, will be the wisest person on the planet. Well, giving birth to a human was that, for me, t 10 months of being pregnant was not, that was, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it was pretty amazing, but I now have a lifetime with this person, you knock on wood, that I get that with him, um, to have that window so you know birthing a baby is very much like a business is very much like birthing a baby i should say and you don't know what to expect you can read every parenting book just like you can read every you know entrepreneur book but your path is going to look so different than anybody else's or the person sitting next to you all we can do is tune into podcasts like this to see that we're not alone in our struggles that maybe your season's going to last a little bit longer than hers did or mine or yours but to know that like you're not alone there's resources there's people who are creating content so that you don't feel like you're alone and that you have, you know, somebody in your corner, even if we're not your in, in real life friends, um, come be our friends in the DM, come hang out with us on Instagram, you know, reach out to people. People inherently want to help people. They want to support one another, but they don't know, like I said earlier, that you need that support if you don't put it out into the world. You know, we can't read each other's minds. And that's the number one piece I always see in mastermind groups, when I go in and we have this hot seat, right, I'll be in the back of the room as one of the coaches, people go up and intro themselves and then they introduce themselves and then they talk about like, what is it that they need or want? And majority of them are afraid to ask for help. And then on a level deeper, after we get to the root of them being afraid to ask for help for various reasons, it's then they don't even know what they need help with. So if you could get a little bit of clarity on those two pieces and then be able to be an advocate for yourself and go and ask for the help, pay for the help, get in the rooms where the help might be, listen to the podcast for free where you can find the help, you can find the inspiration to take that immediate action to get decisive about what your one next step is going to be, 
that will help you stay in the game and keep some sort of momentum that will put you on that path to leading you to more clarity, which will give you the confidence, right? I find a lot of confidence in clarity, but I also get clarity when I'm confident enough to, to show up. And I've had this whole discussion around beliefs and behaviors, and I think we had it twisted. Like, I think our behaviors mimic our beliefs, right? They, they follow it. But if your behaviors can show you what you can really believe in, you're doing things now that you once believed weren't for you. Teaching, showing up at the level you do, making the kind of money you do, having the impact you've had. Like your old belief stories were, would tell you the exact opposite. Oh, for sure. So, but your behaviors and you stepping into the space of trying to do it created this confidence piece that now allows you to tell that story, get those chills as to why you're doing what you're doing. Like that's so powerful. And so take the wisdom of someone who's maybe a couple years ahead of you or several years ahead of you and know that like, you're probably on the right path. Just take that next step, hang up this episode, maybe send it to somebody who might feel like they could use a little pep talk today around all of this and just take that one next inspired piece of action. Because by doing that one thing, it will make everything else easier. And then the next step will appear. And I feel like when we do that time and time again, that's like the formula for success. That's the formula for playing the long game. Uh, we don't know what's to come in our careers. We have visions and goals and dreams, but I would be silly to have any expectation. And I feel like having that expectation kind of release on me as to where I might end up a, makes it really exciting to be alive right now. Yeah, for sure. And that allows me to try things that I would maybe tell myself wouldn't have the ROI I would think they would, or why would I be doing that? I'm just more open to doing things that might open up doors or create an avenue for me to try or go down. Um, that's the piece where I feel like I'm a lot less scared to try new things. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's you know, we're, we're, we're all in a place of development. We just have to have patience in that moment. Um, you mentioned a, a minute ago, you're, you're probably in the right place. I, I, I would like to say you are in the right place. As uncomfortable as it feels, you are in the right place. It's how you evaluate it, right? It's how you assess it. It's what you're looking at. It's how other people are coming in and assessing it for you uninvited as well. And, and their judgment upon that as well. So what you do with that moment has everything to do with your greatest next moment. So no matter how uncomfortable it is or how fantastic it is, how do you show up? How patient are you during that moment? And, and how are you using that to learn to grow the next day to make smarter choices so that, you know, hopefully you have more sustainable happiness and content direction and um, yeah, and it's all just feels better. But I, I will say this too, you know, I... I, I struggle all the time. Like I am always embarking. It seems like I'm always embarking upon like new things that I've never done before. And so I'm always learning something new. I'm always uncomfortable. Like I have gotten so comfortable being uncomfortable. It has been one of the best things that I've ever worked on in my life. And I'm not telling you it was easy for me, but a lot of us don't like being uncomfortable. We, we default back to safe. And I'm not saying safe's bad but is safe leading you to a ne your next greatest thing. Or if you're just standing in one place, you know, I, I hope something falls out of the sky and hits you because if you're not walking towards it, you're walking period, you know, what's happening. So yeah, I would say, you know, all of it, you're, if you're developing, it's going to be uncomfortable. What you're seeing on social is polished moments in somebody's process, or maybe just the moment where they finally hit their goal. And you see that one moment 
that yeah. took up 10 years. Yeah, it took them 10 years to get to. Yeah, the, the, the overnight success, right? That took them 10 years to get there. Yeah. yeah you can't, uh, it's unfair to judge ourselves with others. We have no idea, really no idea at all. So yeah, all of it said, you know, it's, it's, it is, if, if your dreams are, are big, you know, anticipate that there's going to be sacrifices and challenges and moments where you feel like you don't have the answers because you don't. And that's okay. Like we don't know what we don't know. And until we do, you know, we're just along the way, you know, trying to find our, our best way. I love that. You don't know what you don't know. And I don't know, what are your ritual practices to keep you motivated and inspired? Oh, sorry. I was sorry. just going to say, besides how I should tell what would, what ways help me? Yeah. Hang out with your old friend. Just chatting, doing podcasts yeah. and shit, being creative. Um, do you have like a yoga practice or a journal practice? Do you read certain books? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you get like, where can maybe people expand their rituals kit so that they can maybe tap into some more of that? I, I think I'd have to be honest with your question right now, um, because it wouldn't be fair to the depth of the conversation that we've had for the last 40 minutes or 50 minutes, uh, almost an hour right now. Um, if I wasn't completely honest, I'm not in place of total balance right now, personally speaking. Like I don't have, I, I'm a big cyclist. I like mountain biking. I like road biking. I've been riding bikes. I competitively raced BMX when I was a kid. Okay. I've been on a bike my pocket life. Yeah. That's my jam. I love it. And uh, as much as I like weed and hair. <laughs> and women. I, it's all the dummies. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah, I'm not in a place right now where I have a lot of personal balance. I haven't been physically taking care of myself. My diet's a bit off. Um, yeah, that part of my life is MIA right now, but what I was talking about before is regardless of what's happening, I have to have an acceptance of where I'm at. I have 24 hours in the day and so do all of us, right? It's how we manage those 24 hours. If you've got 10 things to manage in a 10 hour day, you're busy every single hour, right? If you've got five things to manage in a 10 hour day, you've got a lot more time to find balance in your life. And so I will say this in regard to balance, which is what we've already talked about, is first of all, it's a personal thing. Yep. And balance to Jess and balance to I are going to come with a different script. Balance to you is totally going to be another script. Every bit of us has to find what complements us so that we can show up. That has everything to do with defining balance as well. And so, again, I think at the end of the day, I have to have acceptance in the fact that if I'm in a busy moment, I'm going to have a less balance with certain things. Right now, we are building this huge 30-hour masterclass course that's 30 hours of video and content, and we're rebuilding our own website, and we oh my God, it's a ginormous undertaking. You're in a building phase. And every hour that I'm not doing what I have to report to every single day on a regular basis, every hour is spent on that. That's my bike ride. That's my, you know, preparing meals for myself, you know, instead of on DoorDash and I've got a fat belly right now and that <laughs> sort of suck right there. But but it's okay. Like it, with a sense of grace in myself, you know, for myself, I'm just in a, in a chapter. Like these are a few weeks or a few months of my life where I'm just a little bit busier. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if I beat myself up, how well am I going to do with the business that I need to be focused on right now? Knowing that it's only a temporary moment as every moment is borrowed and temporary. You know what I mean? So again, I say that because here I am, I have to be honest, like I'm, I, I don't have fucking yoga in my life and cycling right now. And, and, um, I'm a bit imbalanced on the personal level at the same time, I love what I do. Like I'm not mad when I'm working on the computer and building my website. Like I'm, I'm getting cancer. Like I'd love it. 
And so, yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about with that dude and his wife. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they talk business all the time, and that's their jam. And other people will be like, that's so weird. Like, that's my jam. Like, I, that's, that's why you should fucking pick what you love to do. Don't ever do what you don't love to do. Like, choose a subject that you love. So when all the other things are challenging, because everything comes to challenges, at least you love the one thing. Yeah. Oh, let's just tie it with that. Because honestly, I just did a live, I think it was yesterday or this morning, where I talked about now being in that building phase with something new and moving into the, you know, the podcast production agency and going all in on my podcast. It just that space is going to look so different than 22 years of building a business behind the chair. That's gonna, I'm skating through over there. Over here, like things have to become out of balance where I talked about now my quote unquote time in the morning for my quiet time and my reading and my journaling. I'm buzzing with excitement when I wake up in the morning. Like, and I'm the most productive in the morning. I am a morning person through and through. So why would I not utilize those productivity hours when I'm at my best? I'm like, I can journal and read when I'm a little bit tired or like later in the day, or maybe not at all right now in this season. And I was like, well, I have to go to yoga and I have to do my morning workout. And I was like, no, you don't. You need to work on the things that you're ultra passionate about right now so you can move the needle faster. I love that. You know, I I do one thing that I didn't say. I I try to practice every night if I'm thinking about it. Um, Every night before I go to bed, and if I think about it, I try to say what I'm grateful for. And I'm like, I'm grateful for my kid. I'm grateful for the fact that I have an opportunity to teach hairdressers. I'm grateful for the fact that I have my own space, you know. All the things that I might not even think about that I would just take it for, you know, for granted because it's my routine every day. Right. I try to point out those things that if somebody was looking at my life from an outside in, being like, dude, like you got all this stuff and you got that and you got a great kid and you have friends and people like you and you're whatever the fuck. You know, those are the things that I try to remind myself of every night and every morning. Um, versus again, I was referencing static a lot through through this conversation. You know, there's a lot of static that happens throughout the day. So just anchoring my brain in a place where I'm about to go into my REM and um, ahead and start to replenish my serotonin and everything else. I just want to make sure that my my thoughts are in the right place as I'm starting to kind of put myself to rest. I love that. I heard something the other day, not to make this podcast even longer than it is, but they said something around <laughs> allowing <laughs> us to grateful ourselves into a place of inaction where we will come up with all of these things that we're grateful for. So therefore we won't take action on our bigger goals because we should be so grateful. So someone phrased it like that. And I thought how interesting, because sometimes if that pain point in your life isn't agitated enough, you won't take that inspired action. So COVID closing my salon agitated my pain enough. I had a space. I started the podcast from a place of frustration and anger. And it was enough to get me into action to do something I'd wanted to do for two years. But prior to that, I was so grateful I had a space. I was so grateful I had what I had. I was so grateful for XYZ. But while still being grateful, I'm still able to chase my dreams and pursue bigger things that in the interim, I will be grateful that I did that too. So I think, you know, again, always be discerning, take what you need from this podcast. I think going to sleep in a place of contentment by being grateful for what you've currently worked on to achieve, right? Like you wouldn't have that relationship with your kid or this space if you didn't do the hard work. So I love tapping into that before you go to sleep and like reaffirming that positivity for yourself. But don't be so grateful for what you have that you don't take action chasing the, the things that you truly do want to bring into your life or create. A hundred percent. We love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you loved what you've heard, you all know what to do. Go follow Travis on Instagram. What is your handle? 
Travis Parker Hair or Travis Parker Academy. And then on everything else, it's Travis Parker Academy. So TikTok, YouTube. Follow me on YouTube. We got some good stuff on YouTube right now. Awesome. And if you know a hairdresser in your life, if you don't happen to be one who could use this phenomenal education, send this to them right now. Uh, Travis created some really amazing shit and I can't wait to hopefully shoot more content in this studio. If you like this type of vibe, let me know. Um, you rock, my Travis. is so great. You rock. Till what? Next time. We'll see you guys later. Take All care. Right. Bye. Cheers. Giving back is easy. Leave unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 